Hi. 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 Hello. I'm curious about. I'm curious about. I'm curious about. I'm curious about building open, authentic, loving relationship. I'm curious about jealousy. I'm curious about polyamory. Does it just mean that you're fucking all the time? How can I tell my parents that my partner is already married? I'm curious about... How do you know when you're too busy to have another relationship? I'm curious about dominant and subordinate relationships. I'm curious about sexual health. How can relationships relationships evolve with people as they grow and change? Hey, so every now and then we'll have a major tech fail as we record. And this episode is unfortunately one of those. We noticed only after we had a lot of fun recording this episode that there was a problem with Jackie's mic. The audio is not the highest quality you or we have gotten used to. So we had a couple of options. We could re-record the whole thing or release the original after our editor Nina did her highest order of sorcery to save as much of it as possible. The thing is, we arrive at these recordings with our hearts and our souls and express our most authentic selves. Re-recording an episode like this would take the magic away. So we humbly beg your pardon and ask you to give it a try. I hope you'll enjoy the episode despite the little less than perfect audio. Hi, welcome to the Curious Fox podcast. For those challenging the status quo in love, sex, and relationships, my name is Effie Blue. And I'm Jacqueline Misla. And while I don't believe that the pandemic is over, it seems to be taking a little bit of a break. And cities, states, and countries are lifting their quarantine rules. And people are excitedly flocking to bars and restaurants and apparently also play parties. True story. My inbox is full of invitations and my feed includes carousels of sexy teasers and party highlights and not only they're happening they are happening (laughs) and the tickets are selling out in less than a day i get an email the party's happening i get a date of when the tickets are gonna go on sale and under 24 hours i get an email saying yay we sold out see you at the party i'm like whoa people are keen um so that seems to be the lay of the land of the of the play parties in this moment and while this is all great news if the pandemic has taught us anything is that we need to take care of our health and the health of those around us if you're one of the many who've added play parties to your post-pandemic to-do list we want to make sure that you're doing it safely and having a ton of fun So on today's episode, we are going to dig into the book, Play Party Etiquette, written by our own Effie Blue. Mm. So we are curious and we're going to explore why sex parties? How can you find the right party? How can you host a party? What should you bring with you? And how can you ensure that you are not the one that breaks up an orgy? (laughs) (laughs) All of this and more in our conversation with Effie on Playing Safe with Others. I can't believe we've actually not done an episode on this yet. My tiny but mighty book on sex parties. I know. You literally wrote the book on the Uh, subject. It's funny. It's part of my legacy. I literally wrote the book on sex parties. I like that that's a part of my legacy. My favorite part is that you went to sex parties and were like, you know what? There's not enough information about this out (laughs) in the world. 
someone should write a book. <laughs> it's just, it's so, it's so you that you're mm-hmm. like, mm, I see, I see a gap here in this, <laughs> yes. in this niche. Yes, yes. When, when was the first time you went to a sex party? It's a good question. I think it was about like six, seven years ago. And you're absolutely right. The, the book was a response to my experience with sex parties. They were great. I had super positive experiences with sex parties and I'll share some of them right now. The thing that I think was difficult is like, how do you go to one? How do you prepare for one? There was just like mm-hmm. nothing to guide you. And I wanted to put literature out there that would prepare anyone to go to their first party. Like the idea is that if you read play party as you get cover to cover, you are going to be prepared for your first party. And then from there, you're going to be able to navigate that space, learn, explore, get into your own vibe, all that stuff. The book was just designed for like, like what, would I, what would I have needed for that first party? And for me, that was actually a kink party because like, why not just deep in the, dump in the deep end, right? Like, <laughs> it's like dipping your toe in business is like, who are those people? <laughs> So, yes, I uh, found my first sex party because I was following a trail to understand my sexual expression and my sexuality, which was the part that I really couldn't grasp was the kink side of things. I had desires and thoughts and fantasies and, and, you know, some understanding that this stuff is out there in the world, but I couldn't. I couldn't make sense of it all and I couldn't, you know, I, I just didn't know how to explore. So I do what I do best, which is to kind of get nerdy. Um, I found my way to FetLife. That's FetLife.com for those who don't know. Uh, it is Facebook for kinksters. Personally, this is my purely personal thought is that it is an ugly site, but it's rich with information and you kind of <laughs> need to dig and navigate your way around, but it's kind of an ugly site. So I'm just letting you know. Um, I went in there and I was looking for someone that I could talk to. The thing that came to my mind was I wanted to talk to somebody who felt safe. And finding a safe person in that space is kind of hard if you're on the outside of that space, right? Right, because how do you know who's safe? Exactly, exactly. And and the practice, practice itself, like kink in it itself, can be very unsafe, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't know what you're doing. So, and also as somebody, as many people on the outside, you know, I had these preconceived notions that I might end up with weirdos and crazy people and all sorts of things, mm. which are, you know, yes, those people do exist, but those people exist in, in anywhere. So the idea that I came up with was, let me find a community leader, like somebody who's in a leadership role, who I mm. felt would be responsible. So I felt like if they did something to me, like they would have so much to lose that mm. they just wouldn't do it because it just wouldn't be worth it. Right. So that was my thinking, like, They'll have a bunch of other options. Um, they have an outlet for their expression and they'll be, they'll be responsible and accountable to a community. So I reached out to a party organizer and they were super, super sweet. They were actually cautious of me, which is kind of cute. They were mm. like, well, we just need to make sure that you're not some crazy woman. And I'm like, I hear you. I wanted to make sure you're not some crazy guy. So we met in a public place, which is the right thing to do. We had drinks and we chatted and he was super sweet. And he said, come to my party. I was like, okay. I knew nothing. Uh, And I went to my first party, which was a kink party, which is different than a sex party, by the way. Sex parties and kink parties are different and they can look different. Kink parties don't always include sex. So you can go and explore your sexuality, your your kink side. You can play. They use like costumes and toys and apparatus and all like fun and games. And no sex is very common for kink parties not to have any sex. 
Uh, it could mm. just be like kinky play, BDSM, impact play, all sorts of fun, uh, wonderful explorations, but no sex. And you can go to sex parties that have no kink. Mm-hmm. And they're straight up orgies um, and not necessarily have any particular kinks or kinky spaces. And then there's a combination. Of course. And then there's a combination. We will talk a bit more about that when we are talking about how to pick a party. Um, so mm-hmm. I started with the kink side, um, which wasn't a sex. It didn't turn. It turned out to be not a sex party. But that was my like first venture in. And mm-hmm. then the, my first sex party, I kind of stumbled into it. <laughs> this person who throws kink parties we talked a little bit more and he was like oh i see i see what you're looking for i'm gonna take you to a party i'm like okay and <laughs> i just like stumbled into one i'm like whoa where am i and yeah it was i mean i was very lucky i had a great great experience i had some of the best conversations i've ever had mm-hmm. i met my people I was like, oh, this is where I belong. Mm. Um, So that was kind of my experience. I met my previous two partners at sex parties. I became a part of the the sort of the community. I took up education. I wrote a book on it. And Mm -hmm. um, it all started with me trying to find my way to my people. Yeah. I love it. It's like the folks who say, you know, that they read Playboy for the articles. That's, I think, like, authentically, that's what you're like. It's true. You're like, no, really. There's some really good conversationalists. Yes, 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 yes. The last play party I went to before the pandemic, I was in full admiration of the of the bookcase in the house that I was at a party. I was like, this is the bookcase. I and I don't mean the bookcase itself, I mean the books that were on the bookcase. Like I was yeah. looking at the bookcase and all the books. I was like, this is the bookcase I would want in my house. And yeah. I was like, in my panties, looking up at this bookcase, uh, while everybody was having sex around me, and I'm like, "This is great! This is exactly what I want." So yeah, yeah. Sometimes I just like it for the articles. Oh, that's so good! It's so good. What about you, Jackie? Yeah. What about your first watching? All of my introductions to it came through you. Yes. <laughs> so yes. First, yes. I so you were my relationship coach back a hundred years ago, uh-huh. and after we had done that work, my wife and I with you, we were in a better place. She was already in a relationship, and so I was ready to do some exploring of my own. Mm-hmm. And so I participated in a play party etiquette webinar, yes. <laughs> and I remember like it was after work, so it was like the evening, and I remember logging in. And you like went through the PowerPoint and there were handouts. And I remember being both so comfortable and like wildly amused because I was like, oh, the webinars, like PowerPoints are my jam. Like handouts. (laughs) Yes, please. Bullet points, of course. But yeah, we were talking about play parties. So that was just hilarious to me and amazing. So first I went through that. And then I think I did a live workshop as well. Got the book, all the things. Of course, a student. Exactly. I studied all the things. And then finally, I think you were like, wait, you haven't been to one? Then yes, you should come to... And there was one happening at your house because at the time you were living in a space that also... So they would host parties sometimes. And I went. And the first time I went, I I went alone. So, I mean, I I knew you had friends there, but I didn't Mm -hmm. go with a partner. And so it was more watching and observing. And then the Mm -hmm. second time I went, I went with my partner. And so we engaged Mm -hmm. more. But yeah, it was really interesting. I mean, I'll share more details when we talk about what to expect. But it was both exactly what I expected and nothing that I expected Mm, at the exact mm -hmm. same time. Like it was everything that I pictured. And then, I mean, I think that the thing I can say that that stood out the most 
was frankly how consent heavy it was. Mm-hmm. And you'll talk about how to how to find the right locations and how to make sure that that's the case. But it felt like like I got touched more in a regular club mm-hmm. in New York City than I did in a sex party in a basement in Brooklyn because just even walking through like the dance floor to like go get a drink. It was like the matrix, like people were like, so like moving their bodies to get away <laughs> from you as if you were a bullet. They were like, no, like people were like moving themselves to get away because you do not touch someone unless they give you permission to touch them. And mm-hmm. so even again, it was like the dead seas parted. Like when I would cross mm-hmm. through a path, like everyone got out of the way and that I had never experienced before and did not expect. So that was pretty, that was pretty amazing. I love that that was your first experience. Yeah, no, I say this all the time. You can be walking around a sex party naked, the right sex party naked, and and you'll be way safer than being fully clothed. Yes, on the New York City train station. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So they are, the, they, they, that's the beauty of them. A good one is like, feels like such a cool, safe space. Yeah. And also a space that holds like all that sexual energy and sexual expression. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, honestly, I wanted to just tap into that space, like see what choosing to be in that energy would feel like. Because I think because I came from a religious background and had so much like stuff and shame wrapped up in sex that I wanted to go into a space where that shame didn't exist Mm -hmm. and just see what I felt like in that space, Mm -hmm. see what that would bring out in me, see what I would see, see what I would feel, see, you know, like I just wanted to put myself in that space and say, okay, what's going to happen now? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. And I think many folks want to try play parties for similar reasons. You know, I mean, there are a bajillion reasons why people go to sex parties. But I think what you've described is definitely in the in the top five, just like straight up curiosity, both curiosity for like what they're like, also like curiosity and like how they think like what is going to bring up in them, you know, like what is that, what is it going to stir up in them? What is it going to feel like to be soaking in that kind of energy? So yeah, that's definitely one of the reasons people go. Yeah. And I think what also was made me interested in it is for me, it felt at the time super taboo and like, and even now when, you know, we have folks that come to our, or used to come to our events and they would say like, where are the parties? Like we, we know they exist, but where are they? like elusive and like you know this thing that's up but in understanding more the history of sexuality and kind of the history of relationship this was not something that was rare and so I think that that was also interesting to me was tapping into something that humans had done forever which was like explore their sexuality together and but now has become like quarantined to basements in Brooklyn and so that is that was also part of what drew me there yeah, I mean, orgies are ancient, you know, they have been around since as long as sex has been around, which, you know, pretty long time, you know, like the Romans, the Greeks, the Egyptians, communal sex, gender fluidity, what we now call queerness or pansexuality, were just, were once the norm. They all did it, we know, we have research, we have all the artifacts, like we know orgies have been around way before kind of this hyper privacy around sexuality came about with the Puritan doctrine and organized religion. Like actually it's, it's almost the other way around. It's not that, that sort of the, the Brooklyn basement 
funky sex parties or the new trendy thing to do. No, they've been around forever. They just got canceled by right. some, you know, prudish, you know, guy. And he couldn't get in. He wasn't invited to the party. He's like, no one can have parties. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And like, because he hated himself, then we just had to, you know, not, not have fun. And, um, sex parties have been around forever. They're just being pushed underground, just like anything that has been condemned by organized religion. And now they're having a resurgence because we are moving towards a post-religious society. And and I think pandemic really, 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 really got people to be claustrophobic. They're like, fuck this. We mm. are all out and about on sex parties. You know, and I think that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of what happened. So if you think about like why people go to sex parties, I think sex parties are just appealing to folks. I think they have mm. always been appealing to folks. I think there is something about communal sex that is appealing to us on a species level, on a like subconscious primal, like it's what we're supposed to do kind of level. That's, that's I think it's just like big, big picture stuff. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense to me for two reasons. One is because out in the wild, when you see like documentaries of like primates and they're just, Mm -hmm. they're not like going to some corner off in the middle of the woods in the forest. Like they're just like doing their thing there. Some animals are watching, some don't care and are picking bugs off their bodies. So that's like interesting to me. I think the other is our addiction to or interest in pornography that we want to see it. We want to see right. it. We want to watch it. There are sex scenes in movies. There are, you know, there are all so many websites dedicated to it. Like we want to and drawn to seeing sex, but feel like we can't do that in person because then, yes. oh. Ooh. What about the children? It's <laughs> 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 just like, that's what it comes down to. Um, so yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And we're visual creatures, you know, and I think you're absolutely like, you mm-hmm. want to see it. Learn from it. Yes. yes. Get turned on by it. Like we, yeah, 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 yeah. So let's, let's dig into that. Why, what is the benefit, let's say, or what it can be positive for both folks who are going solo and folks who are in relationship. So let's just start with this. Like no one has to go to a sex party. We're not sex party preaching here. We just want to talk about it because I think there are a lot of people curious. I think the effort here is to normalize things and hopefully people will hear things here and they'll be like, Oh, I'm not creepy or I'm not weird. And there yeah. are a bajillion reasons why people want to go. And and just also to note, like sometimes you're like, I, I know someone who knows somebody who went to one and mm-hmm. right. It feels like the people who go are in the secret circle. Like I, I go to board meetings. I like, <laughs> I do PowerPoint presentations. I have client meetings. Like I have make dinner for my daughter. I am, as boring and average in so many ways as you can get. And and you roll around in sex parties. <laughs> I even have footage of you at sex parties, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Not so vanilla, my friend. <laughs> oh, my God. We put that on Patreon. No, we won't put that on Patreon. Oh, folksy followers. Oh, you no, they're going to be out there it's not on the computer anywhere i think it's on your computer somewhere it's on my computer locked away for sure um well won't see daylight um at least from me you can do whatever you want with it but so yeah i mean look they're they're fun if if this is your thing if you're curious you are normal it's a common desire common curiosity and they can be truly valuable experiences even just start from the individual place right for some 
um, sex parties align with their sexual expression, right? Mm. For example, a, a really obvious example is that if you are an exhibitionist or if you are a voyeur, right? If you're somebody who likes to be seen while having sex or, or being sexual, or you want to, you like watching sex or people being sexual, like sex parties are a safe space for you. You are, you are doing that in front of consenting adults in spaces curated and designed and held for sexual experiences rather than, you know, you doing that sort of stuff in public, which is essentially illegal and also unethical and, and a bunch of reasons why you shouldn't be doing that. So for some people, sex parties just simply align with their sexual expression. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's exactly what they should be doing it. So that's, that's great. Also, uh, there's so much to learn. They are mm. rich with experience and diversity and different techniques, you know. It's like a <laughs> great like educational space. So if you're nerdy like us, yes. you know, there's like so much to learn. It's true. I remember when I when I went, I think for probably the first time and was there really just to kind of observe and, and soak it all in. There were different sections and we'll talk a little bit about that and what to expect. But I I remember at some point I was literally just walking around and the best way that I could describe it, and this may sound terrible, is if anyone has ever been to Williamsburg, Virginia or some places where there are, or maybe like improv or, or something where you're like in the show, it's something where it is an immersive experience. Or if you go to a haunted house or something and like all the characters and you just are walking from room to room and you're like observing what's happening, but you're in the action. That's what it felt like. It felt almost like a museum of sex. And like in mm-hmm. each room, like in this room, there's a threesome happening. And over there, there's an orgy. And on this side, someone's being spanked. And you were just like, walk around. At least I was like in a museum with like a small, quiet group of people. You'd stand around and like watch for a few minutes and look. And then like people would like walk over, meander over to the other room. Like it was just, I don't know how else to express it, to to share. It was such an interesting experience, but it really, you were like, it was okay to go and watch. Mm -hmm. And to learn and to be like, huh, look what he's doing there. That's interesting. Never tried yeah. that before. Yeah. 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 No, exactly. I think, you know, we on this show, we always talk about inspiration and permission. You know, mm. and I think sex parties are plays for inspiration and, and permission when it comes to sex. And I think they take the shame and the guilt and the stigma out of sexuality. You get to see real people having real sex, which is not something that we see very often. Most mm-hmm. of the time, the sex that we see is either Hollywood's like blurry, you know, sheets and, you know, bumping and then nothing, you know, nothing, nothing real or porn, which is not real sex. It's entertainment, right? All of these things are entertainment. So all the sex that we normally see that is available to us to see is entertainment sex. It is designed, produced for entertainment, not education. It actually has a, a, an impact on our sexual expression because we think like that's what, especially porn, like that's what sex should look like. No, sex doesn't look like that because like when you're having sex, there isn't a camera that's trying to catch an angle, you know, mm. so that you have this like weird leg situation happening because you're trying to make room for the camera to see, you know, the money shot or whatever. So they don't show you foreplay. They don't show you like different, you know, what people, how people actually like orgasm, like all that stuff is fake. Mm-hmm. So at sex parties, you get to see real people having real sex, having real orgasms, you know, really experiencing pleasure in their own way. And it all looks different, right? Mm-hmm. You get that diversity. And I think it's that, that normalizes all types of sex. Yeah. Different body shapes, different cultural, different 
uh, everything, different everything. Yes, different everything. Mm-hmm. Humanity, which is what you humanity know, exactly. Yeah. Humanity, uh-huh. Exactly, humanity <laughs> at their purest. You know, humanity <laughs> having sex with each other. It doesn't get any more primal. It doesn't get any more mm-hmm. pure than that. So that's something to consider. You know, um, mm-hmm. also like you mentioned, good, well-designed, ideally community-based sex parties all about consent culture you see Mm. it at its best like you said people don't touch each other people respect it's not i mean the whole touching without asking is such a a a reductive way of looking consent it is really what you're seeing is people who know what they want who either say yes or no are respectful of other people's desires or boundaries and they negotiate and it is there is an art to it there is a it's like a it's like a social art to it and Mm -hmm. you Essentially, you end up on the same page with people doing something as fun. Um, and I think you get to practice that stuff at sex parties and you get to see people really be like ninja level negotiators without being pushy, really leaning into curiosity, being exploratory. Mm-hmm. So that's also beautiful to me. Yeah. If you, so we're, we should note that we are going to do like a high level conversation here. If you want more information, you should get the book. You should go play to party mm-hmm. and get the book. You should also go to our Patreon page because, uh, Effie has done a workshop on this and we have mm-hmm. videotaped it and that exists. You can't watch the video of me, but you can watch the video <laughs> of Effie on our <laughs> Patreon page. Yeah. But in there, you do talk about consent and you talk about different ways of getting consent, different ways of, um, cause I think people, some people think that, that stopping to get consent can break the flow and mm-hmm. there are different types of consent that you can get. There are different ways of doing it. There are different ways of doing it so that it makes sense for both people and it's comfortable. So I encourage you to get the book, yes. watch the, the, and, and get more information on all those things. Yes. Yes. And I think just mastering your consent game is just good practice. It's a good life skill. It, it will get you the best experience at the sex party for sure, but it will also help you navigate through life with ease. Yes. So yeah, master your consent game, peeps. Yeah. Uh, sex parties are also a great place for exploring things or like dipping your toe in. Like you don't have to throw yourself in like I did. Um, you can go in to see, like, for example, let's say you are interested in having a threesome, right? Having a threesome can be a real commitment privately, right? You have to find somebody, <laughs> hope, like one person, if you have a partner, if not, you have to find two people. You kind of have to get to know each other. Like you don't know if it's going to be a good experience or not. And you're kind of committed for the evening. Right. They're either over your house or you're at their place or at a shared location. You can't just get them walk away necessarily. Right. Exactly. You're kind of committed to the evening. And even if, and that doesn't mean to say you have to have the threesome, but it's like a big, it's like a big thing to navigate. And you might not even like it, right? And then you sort of like 10 minutes into a threesome, you're like, this sucks. And now you're in a threesome and it's kind of awkward. And, you know, you're there. Sure, of course, by all means, you, you, need, you can stop it and move on. But just like, mm-hmm. it's it's just like an awkward you mess. You go to the other right? room and watch some Netflix. <laughs> Wait for the <laughs> Exactly. It's like, and like, people are having sex in your, in your bedroom and you're like, oh, that's not what I thought it was going to happen. You know, it can just be a mess, right? At a sex party though, you can dip your toe into a threesome. You can, you know, find one or two people um you can have like a, just a cuddle puddle and a, and a really nice cozy intimate touching session knowing that if any point that you decide that that's not what you want to do you're in a, you're at a sex party you can like go everybody can like separate and go to their you know each, each to their own ways there's more opportunities you to meet other people there's no awkwardness so it's a really like those spaces like sex parties are a really great way to see if you like things and if you experience things and you can like gently escalate things and then stop without feeling like 
you know, the world's coming to an end. <laughs> and if you are nerdy like me and want to do a workshop, if you go to our Patreon page, we do have a workshop on threesomes. <laughs> Lola Jean came and did a workshop for us around exactly. how do you, how do you make it not awkward? How do you find someone, et cetera. So yeah, I imagine that that's true too. If you want to be spanked, if you want to be watched, if like, there's so many things that like, I would like to experience this in my lifetime that you don't have to now design the scenario in which that could happen. The scenario is there for you. <laughs> the environment exactly. has been created for you to try it. And then to be like, try the thing and be like, no, no, I don't like that at all. <laughs> and be right, like, Thank right. you so much, everyone. And get up and walk away and go to another room. Yes. Or say, I love this. This is now my new pastime. Mm-hmm. Yes. And also, similarly, it's a place where you can just play and have sex and have your sexual needs met without dating or commitment or worrying about, you know, is there more to it than this, right? So, you know, everything, the sex is, sex is on the table. That's what you want if you're in a place in your life where you just want to explore sexually and you don't want commitment, you don't want a relationship. Sex parties can provide that. Like, you can have that conversation with somebody because most people at sex parties, most people at sex parties understand that sex is an activity, sex is communal entertainment is a thing and it is okay. Um, And there will be other people who are in the same boat as you. So that's the other thing to think about, especially if you're solo and you're not ready to date or, you know, we're going to talk about partners in a second. Even if you're partnered, it's a really good opportunity for those who are looking for variety in their relationships and their sex lives. Um, and they don't necessarily want to open up. They don't necessarily want to change their entire relationship structure and change their day to day and how they think. And it's a huge change to have an open relationship. You can still have sexual variety in your life through mm-hmm. attending sex parties as often as you like without necessarily, you know, upheaving your entire relationship structure thus far. Mm-hmm. So in addition to everything that I've just said, there are also benefits just for specifically for couples who are interested in sexual variety or opening up. Yeah, exactly that, right? Within a uh, like controlled environment. So you can watch other couples, uh, you can, mm-hmm. without participating yourself, you can essentially just like, share in the and vibe off of the sexual energy in the space like that's when my partner and I went that's what happened with us we didn't necessarily engage with anyone else we were engaging with each other but it was just cool to be in that space Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. to you know not feel pressured to do anything or not do anything so it can be a real partner experience to go to something and you can play with other folks in that space and that to your point doesn't then change your relationship dynamic right maybe that's something that you do once a year, twice a year, once a quarter, whatever that looks like, but it doesn't mean yeah, you're not right. dating other people or in other relationships. Right, right. So you can like do that monogamish thing that mm-hmm. Dan Savage talks about without, you know, massive upheaval to your relationship, just like we said. And also the big thing, da, 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 you don't have to have sex at sex parties. What? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can just hang out with your partner, share sexual space with other couples, other people. It could be sexual space, sensual space, intimate space without necessarily having sex with anyone. So yeah, it could just be a fun way to add some vibes into your existing sex life. Yeah, to mix up the Friday night activity, date night Totes. with a little more, uh, <laughs> a little, a little more cake added to it, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, and yeah. and I think I'm thinking about what you said before around wanting to try something different. Like if you actually, if you want to watch your partner with somebody else, or if you and your partner want to have a threesome with somebody, or you want to engage in kink as a couple, that 
you can try that without the same as we described before being committed, having everyone over your house mm-hmm. and then like, without the like real life kind of situation around it. Of mm-hmm. course, and we'll talk a little bit about this. Everyone is, these are people, these are not characters in your right. romantic role play. And so we will, we're going to talk about what it means to do all these things ethically and, and consensually and with humanity and everyone who is there, um, you know, given consent in those spaces are there because they want to have that experience and are not necessarily looking for to be your new boo. They're not looking to be your new partner necessarily. Right, 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 right. Though, though you might find your new boo at a sex party. I know you have booze. I have many uh, booze at sex parties, <laughs> and so there is something to be said about like there is something about people who attend sex parties regularly that. At least let me speak for myself. And I think many people who attend sex parties regularly will resonate with this is that it is a part of my sexual expression. Mm. It is. I like communal sex. I like those that group experience. And I think because it's a part of my sexual expression, it makes sense that I match people. I match with people who are at sex parties because it's also their Mm. sexual experience. So if I want somebody that's compatible with me sexually, it makes sense that I, you know, I meet these people at sex parties. And I think for me, that's one of the things I'm interested in matching. So that's kind of like, that works for me. So you might, if you go to sex parties and you're like, actually, I want that to be a part of my life. You know, you might meet a partner Mm -hmm. who also feels that way at a sex party. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like people are now either, people are either in the camp of now I need to go to one or like, <laughs> yeah, still maybe not, but I'll keep, keep I'll keep listening to the podcast and let's mm. and let's see where it goes. But for the folks who are like, okay, you've convinced me. Where can I find one? <laughs> can you give us some? That is the most frequently asked question. I think uh, when when folks came to our live events, one of the most frequently asked questions was, "Where are the parties?" Like they'd come afterwards and like whisper, "Like we hear that there are parties. Where yes. are they?" Yeah. Totally. So where are they, totally. Effie? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I've had I've had people say they've come to the entire workshop just to find out where the sex parties are. <laughs> yeah. They were like, I thought we thought we were gonna just tell us where all the sex parties are. I'm like, ah, I don't think I can do that. They're like, you made us learn a bunch of stuff first. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. So they're really I'm unfortunately, um, there is no I can't really give people like spot locations or there's no like airbnb <laughs> yes. someone should create that though totally that's just like right there airbnb mm-hmm. for sex parties yes, please. um so okay so i don't really i can't give you exact addresses of sex parties i can tell <laughs> you there probably is one near you but if not we are going to talk a little bit about how you might want to throw one at the end but the, the like i said i think they're more common than you're than we realize you know, I think how you how you find a party is very similar to you can start with but just like you find anything, you Google it. Um, you Google. You can go into incognito or private on your phone. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Follow porn protocol, whatever that is yes. for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, for some mm-hmm. people it's like, ah, I'm pretty okay with my open browser. Other people like incognito under my duvet in a closet where no one's at home. <laughs> you know, whatever your porn protocol is follow that um and look for sex parties in your closest city and then look at the results and then of course you want to kind of you're going to get a bajillion results i think at the at the when i do the workshop i actually do the google search and there's like one billion zillion 
trillion sex parties results in your New York area. So you're going to get, you're going to get that. How do you evaluate one? I actually recommend looking at articles and blogs. Uh, I know that a lot of the sex parties that I was involved in were written up in one way or another. They were written up because they were public. They were written up because they had good consent practices, because we, you know, we did a lot of advocacy and outreach around uh, destigmatizing sex and sexuality and communal sex. So by going through blogs and articles, you will find your way to your like your outreach party and there will be one there'll be like a party that's more public if they're being written up for things like education or advocacy or activism i actually recommend those because these people are kind of taking this stuff seriously so that's like a really cold start like google it and and be sort of critically look look through things look at blogs and looking articles then i would say find your communities that are promoting events right so like i said fetlife.com is a great start um i would also look at your vanilla sites like meetup and find Mm -hmm. open communities sex positive like those are your like search words right so open relationships um sex positive munches so a munch is the the kink community meeting in a public vanilla space to get to know each other because they want to be safe. So, mm-hmm. and most munches are public. So you can go to a munch, which means like it's going to be in a public space. It's going to be regular clothes. It's not going to be a party. It's going to be just social space for kinksters. So look for that. And then you can go attend to one of those. By the mm-hmm. way, it's the right safe thing to do. Um, mm-hmm. Have a chat with, chat with those folks. There are also other like swing lifestyle is another sort of hub where you can find parties. Also just wander around Facebook. Facebook is still a thing. Um, Facebook groups that are around, you know, again, around advocacy, sex positivity, sex education, um, those spaces, just like hang out, ask, see who's saying what. Also, just don't under, don't underestimate word, word of mouth, right? So mm. um, if you go to munch, if you go to social spaces where you're meeting sex positive people, um, just like people ask us when they come to our events, mm-hmm. um, do that. Go to events and ask around. Those are kind of your how to find one in your local area. Yeah. And if you were doing, if you were going to Facebook, if you were asking people just don't be creepy about it. That's my own personal <laughs> addition sure to this, for sure. right? Because I get to, to what I shared earlier, these, everyone is a human being. They're not characters in your fantasy. And so if you just mm-hmm. start going in and saying, where's the sex party, where's the sex party, people are going to know that at that point you're there to objectify. You're there about meeting mm-hmm. your own needs and not really getting to know and take care of other people. And so yes. the way that you show up in your inquiry process is going to be illustrative of how you're going to show up at the party and in these experiences and mm-hmm. folks who see you in that way are not going to invite you into their spaces. If they see that you are creepy <laughs> in the way you're asking, right. you will likely be creepy at the party and they're not right. going to invite you. So just be mindful of all that, that these are, again, we're all talking about human experiences. We're talking about, there are feelings attached to all the things. There's humanities, respect, Mm. there's consent, all of these things show up in all of those ways, present yourself in your best self in the way you're inquiring in the way that you're showing up at these events. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I would actually say you are probably going to sow, you're probably going to reap what you saw, right? So if you go Mm. in and you like uh, sort of brute force your way into a party you are going to be at a party where people have brute forced themselves into a party, right? Mm. So that's the way to think about it. If Mm. that's the experience you want, right? Which, by the way, that could be the experience. There are many 
very public sex club parties where you either pay at the door enough to get in or you like brute force your way into it and and that and that's the space you're going to be in and if that's what you're looking for you, you if you're like i got my boundaries i don't really want to like be in a community i just want to go in there and go out and not really care about anything and, and anybody else you will find those parties just realize if that's the attitude that you have to go into a party that will have you that way you will be among your own and that will be your party experience so that's all you need to know that's great that's great advice okay so we have found our way there we've googled it we've asked around we have made it it's like the day before the party now let's talk about what to expect and how to prepare I will just share from my experience and very limited experience. It was, it was like a, I don't know, like a variety pack. It was like, I like, it was a Halloween costume party slash dance party slash like sex museum slash kink party. Like there was just different rooms and different areas and you could just sit and have a, a glass of water and talk. There was a meal break. At some point, <laughs> literally at like right. four in the morning, everyone, no matter what you're wearing, if you're wearing nothing, if you're wearing lingerie, if you're wearing a costume, like stood online with like trays and like <laughs> went to the buffet table and got like mashed potatoes <laughs> and chicken. And then everyone yeah. was just like eating and like replenishing. <laughs> sure. And it's just, it was, it blew my mind. So yes. I share that to be like, it could be anything. My point is, yes. it can be so many things. Yes, 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 exactly. And I think you, the parties that you came to are particularly, they're very particular parties, well curated, well produced, um, a lot of effort, days and days. I, I you know, I, I've been a part of that production team. So days and days of efforts, like weeks in the planning, days in the making, hours and hours and hours of, of, of attending so, you know, that's a p- particular experience. And then you can also have, you know, parties at people's homes that are just so much cozier and like a, a less people. I think the party that you came to, I think I remember it's like 150, 200 people, you know, yeah. um, that's a big party. So they range from what Jackie experienced all the way to, you know, a handful of people at someone's house, you know, just like cozy enjoying themselves so there's a whole range and actually in the book i outline all the different types of parties i mean you can't outline all of them but i just group like here are some like top categories on different type of parties anywhere from the big massive parties that jackie talked about all the way to like home parties to destination parties um Mm. different type of parties so it's really kind of worth i mean the workshop itself is like three hours so we don't want to bore you with that on this um, podcast so if you're interested in play parties do get the book there's a lot of information there so like knowing what type of party you're looking for will help you to get to the right party and also depending on what type of party you're going to you're going to have to you're going to prepare differently so sort of the basic way to prepare that i encourage people to do is to think about it both preparing physically emotionally and mentally Mm -hmm. right whatever that means for you and in the book I go through what that might mean I give suggestions but physically is really mostly about health that especially around STIs but general right we say we say a sex party immediately we're thinking about um, STIs 
also coughs, colds, um, strep throat, flu. Like these are Corona. (laughs) Corona, right? I don't know anyone who died of herpes. I have, I, by this point, we have known a lot of people that died of a cold virus. So, Mm -hmm. you know, just to put things in perspective. So think about your health, think about your own health and think about health of the others that you're going to spend time with. You're going to be in very close proximity, exchanging all sorts of fluids. So make sure you're healthy. If you're not healthy, don't go. It's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. There will always be another party. A good organizer yes. will give your money back. It's if it's if it's about money, and even if they don't, you can just enjoy the good karma of what you're doing. Yeah. Also, just think about anything else. Like you want to feel good. So whatever that means for you, whatever that if it's a that you get good hygiene, anything that's going to make you feel good and confident mm-hmm. and sexy in a space where you are likely to be, uh, that you're likely to be naked, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not prescribing anything. It's really, really important that this is not about, like, for example, I get asked about like hair removal or, um, you know, things like that. It's, it's really what makes you feel confident and comfortable. And if you are going to a party that is prescriptive about, physical like physicality Mm -hmm. you might want to you might want to just like think about that so ideally you're going to a space where they celebrate all sorts of body types and and shapes and however feel however people feel confident and sexy so Mm -hmm. that's how to think about it physically and even just taking care of yourself if you have a disability if you're neurodivergent if there are things that you want to make sure that you physically can be comfortable in that space if you are want to make sure that there's a, a space where there's quiet so if it's too loud or too crowded like think about things like that as well and you can ask the host those questions around how are they making accommodations for different varieties of folks yes exactly exactly prepare emotionally right and preparing emotionally as a solo person right? You're going to be navigating through boundaries and sexual tension and um, unfamiliar spaces if you're going for the first time. If you have any triggers, you really want to have a strategy for those, right? Mm. Um, Similarly, if you're going with a partner, like think through your relationship stuff, right? Um, How do you handle jealousy if it comes up? How do you communicate uh, around this kind of stuff? So Mm. think about your, your emotional needs in preparation for a party as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Actually, in the book, I um, provide a, a couple of tools to how to have some conversations, how to have like pre-conversations. So you need to cover a lot of grounds and, and take your time doing it. And also, it doesn't have to be serious, right? It could be a really fun way to prepare for a party as you're like having some conversations, discussing your boundaries, setting some intentions, yeah. naming some desires. So it can be it can be a real sort of anticipation piece and get get you like all excited and and um ready ready to party also it makes sense for you to prepare mentally um so what does that what does that mean so for example you need to decide if you're in the right mindset for a sex party people buy tickets commit to parties weeks in advance sometimes and then the party day comes and because they have a ticket because they said they were going to go and probably like they worked so hard to get that ticket and to get that entry and then on the day of the party they feel like it is the thing that you have to do and but you might not just be up for it on that moment right Sex parties are the worst places to be if you don't want to be there. It's mm. not something you can grit, you know, like grit your way through it or they're not fun. If you don't want to be there, if you're not in the right mindset, they're not fun. So just check in with yourself if you're not, if you're in the right m- mindset for a sex party. Also, if you are, good for you. The chances are you've got your invitation email and all the details also weeks in advance. Just 
do remember just look through and see if you know all of the party rules you've probably read the email at the time or maybe even didn't on the day of the party make sure you read through your instruction email and make sure you know the party rules different parties have different rules often good parties really have no forgiveness like you you need to kind of know your way around also get ready to have a safer sex conversation so mm-hmm. what is a safer sex conversation like what whatever that you need to feel confident safe and sexy to have sex with somebody often somebody new you need to be able to articulate that stuff right yeah. so if it is you know you want someone's sexual history their latest sti uh, results um, you have a comprehensive safer sex protocol, you like barriers and condoms and dental dams and gloves. All that is 100% okay. You want to be able to articulate that stuff, right? Yes. You want to be able to have, have that conversation. So you want to mentally prepare that, prepare that conversation. You can be all the way on the other side. You can just be like, you know, I take prep and I, you know, get tested every month and I use condoms and I'm kind of okay. I don't need to know anything about anyone and so I'm I don't care the chances are you're going to meet that other person from the other side of the spectrum right so be prepared (laughs) that someone might ask you those questions and then you might just have to say you know like I don't this is this is this is how I roll and Mm -hmm. and realize that you might not be a good match right so it's worth having that that mental preparation so also knowing things like your latest STI tests just a good thing to know because I guarantee you somebody's gonna ask so it's just good to know yeah. My favorite, one of the favorite parts of the workshop and the book, and I think you did a Cosmo article on this as well mm-hmm. around what's back. And so yes. you, you give the packing list, all the details, everything from what you wear there, what you could wear, what you could wear on the way there, what you could wear there, what you wear mm-hmm. in the wear home, because you don't think about that, right? I may not want to wear the thing that I wore all night <laughs> in the cab ride back, right? Or in the car ride back. You talk about things to bring everything from like what kind of mint to bring. And so if you're looking for a nice detailed packing list, that is the place to find it. It's true. Yes. Now we'll actually put the the link for the Cosmo article on the show notes. Yeah. I think you can actually also Google it. I think if you Google Effie Blue Cosmopolitan Sex Party, it comes up. Mm-hmm. We did two <laughs> articles. We did one on what to pack and we did one on what to wear. Um, yeah. And it's just not me. It's, it's only not me. It's like a bunch of people with their packing lists. So yeah. it's just great to know like different people, different needs, different things they want to have with them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally was the nerd with the packing list on the day before, like making sure I had all the things. So let's assume, all right, we found the party. We went there. We had a good time. It was consensual. It was fun. The party is over. Like, do I write a thank you card to the host? Like what is the proper post party decorum and etiquette? Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's like the last part of my book, the post party decorum, because people don't think about it. My, my majority of my experience with sex parties have been community spaces, community spaces. So I know that I would bump into these people out in the real world. And the, the organizers, if I'm not one of the organizers, I, I would know the organizers. So it's always nice to send a thank you note. You don't have to write a thank you card, but I think, I, I you know, I bet they'd appreciate it. <laughs> but just like a quick thank you to your host is always nice. Um, I can tell you sex parties are really, really, really hard to organize, you know, especially like good well curated ones take a lot of effort so i think any party host would appreciate a thank you note also realize they are unfortunately private spaces still there's stigma and and shame and all that kind of stuff um attached to sexuality and things like sex parties so 
whatever happens at the sex party stays at the sex party. That is not to say that you don't talk about it ever. Um, in, in fact, I would encourage you if you, if you, if it's available to you to talk about your experience, you just don't name people. Right. You don't go to the dog park and you're like, wait a minute, you look really, yes, you were at that sex party. I think we had sex. That's not <laughs> yeah, the thing. Right. You would shout across the dog park. Exactly. <laughs> you don't out people in that way. You don't tell your friends about, you know, oh my God, guess who I saw? I saw the you know, so-and-so from accounting at a sex party last weekend. Right? <laughs> yeah. you, don't, you don't do that. Um, so, you know, give people their privacy, talk about your experience because it's important to normalize the stuff. If it's available to you, uh, if you are talking about your sex, your sex experience, <laughs> if you're talking about your sex experience, don't name people. Also, if you have sex with, if you have had sex with people, personally, I like following up with them. That was how it was done to me. And I loved it. People were reaching out to me the next day. They were like, Hey, it was fun last night. Just want to say hi. I hope everything is Okay. Um, hope to see you around. And that is not to solicit further sex or further contact. It is just like a nice community building, nice decorum thing to do to sort of just follow up with people and say, hi, it was really nice hanging out with you last night. Similarly, check in with your partner or partners. Um, mm -hmm. How was it for you? A good debrief is always fun. You mm -hmm. want to think about the good, bad, and the ugly. What was amazing? What are all the beautiful, fun, exciting things that you did? What are the things that didn't go so well? Um, mm -hmm. You know, you don't want to do those again and avoid them somehow. And what were the things maybe you set an intention to, but were struggling to navigate, like the good, bad, mm -hmm. and the ugly part? Like, mm -hmm. what do you need to brush up on? What do you need to practice? What are things that you can do maybe to prepare it better next time? So, like, that's a really good way to kind of debrief with your partner or partners. So yeah, it's um, it's a you know there there is a bit of a decor decorum, and maybe not. You might go to a party that's very anonymous and not community based, and you kind of just like go off your merry way the next day. You don't have to circle back with anyone. But the one thing I would say is definitely check in with yourself and check in with your partner or partners. Mm -hmm. So assume, let's say you're in a space or a place and you can't find one, or you've gone, I, some of the ones that I've been to didn't have as much diversity as I would have liked, not enough queer folks, not enough folks of color. And so my partner and I have joked often, we're like, we should host our own. I don't know if I'm actually interested in that endeavor, but certainly have, have thought about it. But if someone is interested in hosting their own, are there some tips that you can give? Absolutely. So let me start with a caveat. I know a lot about sex parties. I wrote a book on this stuff. I've been in the education part of it. I've been uh, attending sex parties, been a part of the production teams for many, many years. Honestly, I wouldn't host a party solo. I, I think they're particularly hard to host. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, unless you're passionate about hosting sex parties, you know, try to find one to go to. But you're like, listen, I live in the middle of nowhere. There are no sex parties. I'm going to Take one for the team and host one. <laughs> um, good for you. You are brave, my friend, and I command you. I would love an invitation. <laughs> so here are some like very top line um, play party production tips. Curate your list. And I don't mean that in a way that you sort of like pick the prettiest people. You want to curate your list for things like diversity and sexual orientation and sexual expression. And you want to think about the number of people. Like there is a sweet spot depending on your space and what you want to experience. You don't want to have too little people. So it kind of feels awkward. You don't have too many people. So it feels out of control. 
you kind of have to think about um, like how many people you can host, how well people know each other, what are people into, um, you know, and you know, like if it's a room, if it's like a room full of beginners, it's going to be a little harder. So you might have, as a host, you might have to take on more responsibility of like getting the, getting the evening going, if you will. So really curate your list and, and think through the people. If you remember, you can always host another party on another party. So if you want to host the parties of like, you don't, you don't have to invite all your friends to your first party. So you can pick like, you know, 20 people that you think will get on sexually. And your best friend might not be one of those people, by the way, right? Sex parties are not your regular parties. So your bestie that you see every day might not be the right person for your sex party. So think about that. Curate your list. Um, I find picking a theme is kind of helpful because it sets the vibe uh, and gives people an idea of what to expect, right? So, you know, a kink party theme versus a swinging theme can really help people to get their heads around what they're attending. So pick a theme. Even costumes are fun if it's like a theme party like that way. Yeah, absolutely. And it takes a bit of the edge of like what to wear um, because you can like with a costume party, you can kind of be like silly, sexy. And everybody's, everyone's like a little bit out of their comfort zone. So it's fun to have like um, a costume party theme to go with your, your, your bigger theme for sure. I would say vet everyone, especially at the beginning when you're throwing like parties for the first time. Make sure that everybody is vetted, like somebody that you know and trust knows the people they're coming. If you don't know them firsthand, that they are vetted by somebody or they're vetted through somebody that you know and trust having people who you don't know at your party when people are being, you know, sexual and open and, and, and vulnerable in that way is, is kind of scary. So make sure you vet everyone. Also, um, write a nice and comprehensive email outlining consent and other rules and expectations, uh, when you invite people. So you want people to know what they need. So things like, what are you going to supply, right? Versus what you want people to bring. So a great example is, are you going to supply all the condoms and lube? Or are you asking people to bring their own, you know, or are you asking people to like contribute to like a fun toys to share? Of course, following good hygiene protocols, that's all in the book. I'm totally picturing now like Martha Stewart, like how would I set up the bowls with like pretty condoms, male and female yeah. condoms? How would I set up like the, the lozenges and the bathroom and all the towels? <laughs> like, yes, exactly. There's definitely that, you know, that to it. That's definitely a part of it. You need to set up your space um, and think about what people need, like extra towels and things like that for sure. Also things like you need to think about things like no phones are always a good idea because phones have cameras these days and often people don't want to make sure there's no photos taken. If you want to create a space where there's filming and photos happening, I would say separate that space and make sure that people know like within that space, you might end up in a lens. So like you want to be clear. Similarly, um, set up a space where there's no sex, right? A room um, that isn't your bathroom because what happens is people try to get away from sex because at some point you might want to and they lock themselves in the only bathroom in the house, right? <laughs> you want to save your bathroom. People are going to need that bathroom. So set up a space, a corner, um, a room, you know, uh, turn your closet into a, a cozy, a cuddle puddle, set up a space where there's no sex and people are going to need that space. Lighting is super important, believe it or not. In fact, it's one of the, like, the key things. Um, a flattering lighting will make everyone feel more relaxed and that's exactly what you want in a sex party. The thing that I would um, really recommend is have designated watching spaces. Like These are like fun tips that 
that you 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 might want to think about that you might not get in sort of common circulation. Having designating watching space will allow people, uh, will give permission for people to watch and be watched, right? We talked about exhibitionists and voyeurs. So if you're somebody who's new and you're not ready being watched, which is a whole experience in itself, you might you might not want to have sex at the place that is set up to be watched, for example. Um, and similarly, I think people, uh, watching sex is still kind of, stigmatized and and can be awkward and knowing people like oh i can sit here and watch and it's okay will really give people the permission and and that they need to really be fully sexually self-expressed also we talked about the bathroom i can assure you that your bathroom will be heavily used um your shower will be heavily used um i always like just like throwing i would recommend throwing towels on the floor um to catch all that water because you don't want like wet floors and people slipping and all that kind of stuff so those are like some domestic pro tips. In terms of the vibe of the party, I would really recommend um, starting with a circle uh, and then icebreakers. Yeah, the only icebreakers that I know are from my years of leading summer camp and doing like <laughs> corporate retreats. So <laughs> I love the idea. I would have to be really creative and think about some some play party icebreakers. You'll be surprised how some of those actually translate beautifully into <laughs> party spaces. Yeah, like all of those things. Um, you really, you just want people to get to know each other. They don't have to be sexy, of course. I mean, what I would recommend is start with some like low pressure ones and then like go up to maybe like a truth or dare, which can lead into a, um, a sexy space. Mm-hmm. But I would say start with, um, you know, start with some icebreakers to get people talking for sure. The other couple of things that I would really recommend is make sure that somebody is available as a host for people if something is not working. So for that, I really recommend having a co-host or somebody who's like a designated guardian. So if you're off having sex, that there's somebody people can go to and make sure your co-host or your like guardian is not your partner or at least the person that you want to have sex with at a party because one of you needs to not be having sex so people can have access to you. <laughs> also, like Jackie said, you might want to feed people. If you're going to have an all-nighter, sex makes you hungry. It's true. It's like physical work. So make sure you want to hydrate and feed people. A good pro tip there. Make sure it's like light food, nothing too smelly. When, when like smelly food comes out, sex dies so something that's easy to eat finger food is great um sushi is great anything that is nice and refreshing and not too heavy so people can like eat and then they can get back to business so i'd recommend that and last but not least um you want to have an end time for your party and you can put that in your invitation the thing that I like doing um, that I've seen that I like is people will say the party ends then. If you want to stay over, then you stay over to help clean up the next day, which is kind of nice. If you want to be a part of the experience, um, I have cleaned up after many, many parties. That in itself is a kind of fun experience. You get to you know chat with people and you know catch up and exchange stories and get to know people and kind of you know in real life, if you will. So um, that's another thing to do. Ask people to help you clean up. You don't want to clean all that up on your own. Or you can ask for contributions for cleaning. Um, In fact, you can ask for contributions to any part of it. Feel free. It happens. And also you can just ask people to contribute towards someone to come and clean up. Um, That is also available. So think through all that stuff. 
be safe, be prepared to have harder conversations, remind people about consent, role model. It's your party. So you want to be, um, you want to set the tone. You want to be a role model for good behavior and don't forget to have fun. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Great advice. Great book. If you are looking for a beach book <laughs> this summer, if you want a book to add to your summer reading list, then I highly recommend that you go to playpartyetiquette.com and get the Play Party Etiquette book. And while you are there, if you are interested in indulging in the three-hour workshop, as I did, and getting all the tips on what to pack, how to prepare, all the worksheets then you should join us on Patreon. Go to our Patreon page by going to Patreon and then looking us up at We Are Curious Foxes. And you can find not only Effie's workshop, but over 50 workshops and conferences and events, all the things that we've recorded and stored just for our Patreon members. It's all there. Plus some podcast bonus extras. And while you're online, find us in all of the other places. Find us on our website. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Instagram. And your key to unlock all of these things is by looking us up at We Are Curious Foxes. And you can go on there and you can follow and you can share. And while you are in the sharing mood, why don't you go onto Apple Podcasts and subscribe or Spotify and Stitcher and follow us here. And then you can share this podcast with other folks. You can rate us. You can write a review. And if you're in a writing mood, guess what? You can write us too. You can write us a question. You can share your story with us. Or you can send us a voice memo. You can do either of those things by reaching out at listening at wearecuriousfoxes.com or you could record a question for the show and call us at 201-870-0063. This episode is produced and edited by the playful Nina Pollock. Our intro music is composed by Dave Saha. We are so grateful for their work. And we're grateful to you for listening. As always, stay curious, friends. Curious Fox podcast is not and will never be the final word on any topic. We solely aim to encourage curiosity and provide a space for exploration through connection and story. We encourage you to listen with an open and curious mind. And we'll look forward to your feedback. Stay curious, friends. Stay curious. 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 Stay curious.